Josie and I go to a college graduation, and there I get tonight's topic. Let's talk about the dysfunction of today's colleges. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So, Josie, she's my fiance. I may have mentioned her in the past, and I were heading to her niece's graduation from Cal State San Marcos in uh, San Diego, uh, San Diego County. Um, she's graduating with a BS in biology. Worked really hard. Summa cum laude. Good for her. Uh, Josie's very proud of her also. And she's so proud that I decided I needed to wear slacks, a nice collared shirt, and I needed to shave. Uh, and that really means something because it was pouring bloody rain and uh, I was going to look like, smell like a wet dog after this whole thing was done. But I love Josie, so I just got ready and buried my, any misery that, misery that I might have decided to show. On the way to graduation, Josie brought up something just out of the blue. Uh, she said that at Miracosta, where she actually goes to school for her undergrad's work, the graduates who are black and Hispanic were allowed to have another ceremony before the actual graduation. It wasn't the graduation, but it was a celebration of their race, their accomplishment of graduating while being a person of color. They receive a special sash uh, that they were going to wear during their, um, during their graduation on their outfits, and it, the sash represented the native land. I put native land in quotes. Uh, I did the air quote thing. I did that because uh, well, ac actually quite a few of them are born in the United States, so they are te technically Americans. Uh, Josie was actually pissed off about it. Uh, she thought it should be celebrated. What should be celebrated is how hard these folks actually worked and not about their race. Um, her as an individual, not as a Mexican. Uh, Josie was born in Mexico and is a legal resident alien. She is not actually a, um, she's not actually a citizen yet. I asked her if she was going to go to that, uh, celebration thing or whatever they call it. And she said, absolutely not. It turns out they did the same thing at Cal State San Marcos and, uh, her niece also said she wasn't going to go. Of course, she was also uh, of Hispanic heritage. I think she was actually born in this country, though. Josie wanted to be recognized as Josie. When she was asked about, when she asked what I thought about it, I told her exactly what I thought about it. Either way, no matter how I look at it, this is nothing but pure racism. The systemic racism that uh, a lot of people keep talking about is always on the left and colleges have gone so far to the left that identity poli politics and intersectionality are all that what matters and they teach this garbage and they propagate this garbage and later on we're going to see just how bad it can get but first uh, the school celebrating is racist against the race they're supposedly celebrating notice the white people don't get these little ceremonies that blacks and Hispanics are having. White people aren't wearing sashes that represent whiteness, if there is such a thing. Is the college system celebrating Hispanics and black blacks graduating because they didn't think people of color could actually get through college? 
That's racist. Were, there co- were the colleges surprised by their success? That's racist. And why not celebrate white people? Are we white people not any more special than people of color? Did I not work as hard as they did to get my degree? Why is my work being minimized simply because I'm not a person of color? That sounds pretty racist to me. The reality is our college system's falling apart. They're becoming indoctrination centers for the left. They embrace intersectionality and identity politics. They split, they spit on the Constitution by rejecting free speech and spitting on religion. They teach that we're supposed to, what we're supposed to believe in and use science when it's convenient. They pamper our youth with safe spaces and rejecting speakers that will trigger their stress through violent hate speech. Yet, they know nothing of the speakers for the most part. Hell, they came up with words like safe spaces, triggering, and speech as violence. They also came up with the concept of intersectionality and identity politics. They push globalism, socialism, and reject America identity and exceptionalism. It is not uncommon to see some lesbian dance theory teacher bring an American flag because her half-calf, half-decaf Carmela Amontillado was served by a barista with an I Love Babies pin on his apron. Let's get some things down and look how colleges and look to see how colleges are dealing with this crazy stuff. The first, the biggest problems with today's colleges is that it is the students that are running them. The parents run, the patients are running the asylum is never a good idea. And there have been some really bizarre demands by students. The Daily Beast has a Daily Beast, a very left wing website, actually has a list of some of the weirdest demands like segregated safe spaces. It's bad enough they have safe spaces, but now they need to be broken up depending on your race, sounds racist to me. And the abolition of poetry classes that focus on white authors, there's a good one. Well, why do we want to do that? Well, because Western civilization was based on a lot of that. I'm sorry, but Western civilization was based on writers who were white. And uh, this is one I absolutely love, uh, no grades or homework. Why are you going to school? How are we going to know? How are you going to know if you passed? These are just the stupid stuff that these people have actually come up with. If you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, I've actually got the link for the Daily Beast article. It's kind of interesting. It's it'd be and it'd be kind of good for you to actually take a look at it. But the big problems with the inmates running the asylum is the lack of discipline. See, the colleges have bitten into the belief that self-esteem is everything. But that leads to near hysterical reaction by students when they don't get their way. An example of this can be seen when students confront their professor about his belief that students should be free to choose whatever Halloween costumes uh, they want to wear. I'm not kidding. They are having a protest. They're, ask- they're screaming at this this professor. They're asking for his ouster because he thinks students should be able to wear whatever costume they want, even if it's an offensive costume. Now, what you're going to love about this, and this is actually an older art, this is actually an older clip, 
But what you're going to love about this, the school, Yale University, one of the top universities in the world, not just the country, the world. My Lord, listen to this. Oh, I don't agree with that. Then, then why the fuck did you accept the position? Because what I have the fuck hired you? I have a different vision. You should step down. If that is what you think about being a finance, you should step down. It is not about creating an intellectual space. It is not. Do you understand that? It's about creating a home here. You are not doing that. You're supposed You're to be our advocate. Next time, I'll be sure to actually give you a warning about the language. I don't actually beep out light words, but yeah, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> can you believe this is some 20, 21-year-old student at this college berating a professor who has graduated with a doctorate at Harvard, published multiple books, and she's talking to him like a child because she can't handle the fact that somebody might wear some Pocahontas outfit and she may become offended. I can't believe the disrespect. Can you believe that school did nothing to discipline these spoiled brats? What's going to happen to these children when they get out of college and need to get a job? The entire video, it's about a six-minute video, and it wasn't just that little punk screaming at him. There were a bunch of people screaming at this poor guy. People surrounding him like he's some pariah. You would have thought he had killed a dog and hung it from a tree the way they're treating him. Instead of just saying, you know what? I don't care what uh, Halloween costumes the student wear. And if someone gets upset, you know, you know it's, it's okay. I can tell you what's going to happen with these kids once they get out of those schools. They're going to fail. And it will be the fault of the parents and the school system and the college. These children are not prepared for the fact that the world doesn't give a damn about them. The world is cruel and will not care about their self-esteem. They either put out or they get out. It's that simple. Adversity is exactly something the school should, be, should not be teaching. Adversity, excuse me, is exactly something the school should be teaching them. Because that's reality. Life is adversity. That will lead us to our next collegiate issue, and that's the death of debate. In recent years, it has been alleged that speech is violence. Not only, I, I give you a step further, not only has it been alleged, it's actually been taught in colleges that speech is violence. Of course, speech isn't violence. No matter how hateful it may be, how hateful it may be it's not violent. I would say... I wouldn't say calling me a jerk is the same thing as punching me in the face, but this has led to bigger problems, especially when it becomes to open debate about, especially when it comes to open debate on highly charged topics. The problem with speech is, the speech is violence thing is that it has led to violence count, countering the quote violence is uh, violence in speech and um, quote violence end quote in speech it gives students the justification to commit violent acts against speakers they don't like after all we are a country that believes in the right to defend oneself 
but that should not extend to students because they don't like what I'm saying, or they don't like what Ben Shapiro's are saying, or even Milo Yiannopoulos, which I don't particularly care for. This is not the reason to tear apart a school. But that's exactly what's happening today. Here's an example of what happened about a month ago. Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire is assaulted while giving a lecture about sex and gender. He believes there are only two sexes, only two genders. Whereas a lot of colleges are teaching that gender is subjective versus sex, which is objective. But we're getting to the point, what Michael Knowles is trying to say is, we're getting to the point that sex is becoming subjective also. And that's why it's very difficult to hide this. That was the meaning of his speech. He had the audacity to say men are men and women are women. When he was attacked by a student with a super soaker filled with some sort of substance. Uh, it, that guy apparently heavily secured. That area was heavily secured. Knowles got some in the face. The police tackled him, threw the guy on the ground, and he was arrested. If you want to see the video, again, go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com or you can just look through it on, um, you can look for it on YouTube. But that wasn't the messed up part. Do you know what the messed up part was? It wasn't the attack. What's really screwed up is the response from school officials. Instead of apologizing to Knowles for the attack, the dean actually took the side of the assailant and blamed Knowles for putting himself in that position by expressing his opinions. Expressing his beliefs. That's sick. That's like blaming a woman for getting raped because she wore a revealing dress. It's just incredible. And no one sees the problem here. As a matter of fact, the schools cheer this guy. Here's what's scary. What if that dean had actually said that student that what that student did was uncalled for? What that student did is unacceptable? You know what would happen? The left in that college would have gone nuts and would have called for the uh, for the firing of the dean, or for the dean to step down. You can't allow the inmates to run the asylum. When the schools continue to support this chaotic behavior by these turtle dove students, things can get only worse, and they have. Protesters are getting brazen, loud, and violent, all because someone is saying something they don't like. What's funny is half the time, the protesters have absolutely no idea what they're protesting or what the speakers have ever said. They have all the buzzwords nailed like misogynist, nailed. Words like misogynist, racist, homophobic, and the such. But when asked what that particular speaker said, they have absolutely no idea. He just is a racist, misogynist, bigoted, homophobe, whatever. I'm racist. I forgot that one, I think. I don't know. No one gets more garbage than this, uh, than uh, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is the editor and uh, is the editor and writer on the Daily Wire. He travels across the country going from uh, college to college to um, push conservative ideas. Uh, this example was taken from uh, Austin Flecka or Flecka, what is it called? Flecka, Flecka Talks. Flecka Talks is a wonderful, uh, wonderful YouTube video series. It really is something and it would be, 
it would behoove you to actually go and watch a bunch of his videos. Uh, Austin Fleckus is the gentleman who actually walks around and interviews people at protests. And you really hear some good things. The video, the uh, parts I'm taking out are from a video that's actually 12 minutes long. So I'm taking out a grand total of like a minute out of 12 minutes. But here is Austin. Here is Austin uh, Fleckus interviewing people at the University of Southern California right before a Ben Shapiro speech. Shapiro's here. Why are we upset? Um, I just came out here. I actually wasn't going to come to this at first, but I came out here because I was interested in it. And like, I know who Ben Shapiro is. And I know that I disagree with his views. And I think that giving him a platform on campus is just not the greatest thing. Do you think he should be able to speak, though, tonight as planned? Um, I'm not really sure about that. You know, I mean, like, I am a proponent of like obviously the first amendment matters and free speech matters but some but some of the things that he says um are more more bordered on hate speech to me than free speech i think probably a lot of these um protesters and and people who are against ben Shapiro would be really surprised if they actually just kind of watch some of the videos what are some of the things you've heard that you don't like or agree with um just i don't know a lot of like specific things about his views but what i've heard from him in general seems hateful on the political spectrum. So what has gotten these people so upset? What's going on out here? So Ben Shapiro is a right-wing speaker who has spoken on Fox. He's editor of Daily Wire, and he has said comments, uh, degrading comments regarding women, minority groups, LGBTQ communities. Uh, and what do you say about women? Uh, just some disrespectful things. That's uh, Those ones haven't been as publicized. On his show, or...? Uh, they were in an, uh, I believe they were in an article. In a what? An article he published. What did he say? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. This is just what's been relayed to me. Cops are racist, the Klan is racist, and that's all the more we have to say. Cops are racist. Based on these cops, not these cops? We don't have any more to say. Yeah. You too? <laughs> Done? You're an idiot. I am? You guys are yelling cops and Klan go hand in hand. I absolutely love Fleckus. Oops, there goes the alarm. You knew I was going to have to end up messing something up somewhere. But I love Austin Fleckus. He is so funny. Uh, you can see more of his video on uh, my uh, webpage at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com or just go over to YouTube and actually select him. Um, but the funny thing is that one last section where they're calling the cops, they're comparing the cops to the Klan, there were about eight cops there. Uh, four were black, two were Mexican, and two were white. I mean, it was just, it was so stupid. These people just have absolutely know what they're, what they're doing. They're complaining and protest. They're complaining and protesting just to complain and protest because they say they feel victimized over what these uh, people are actually saying, which isn't true at all anyway. So, you'd think with all the problems, you'd think with all the problems uh, it, that colleges are having today, someone would do something to help students grow up and shake off this victim mentality that they have developed. After all, these are supposed to be adults and will have to enter the workforce right, after, right out of college. But no, that's not what we're, colleges have become. They're doing nothing about it.
Instead of trying to fix the problem, colleges are now want to fill their classrooms with more victims. This week, the company that runs the Scholastic Aptitude Test, or SAT, the College Board, that's the company, has decided to add something known as the adver adverse Adversity Score. What this does is take census data that will apply a 15-point analysis on, of the, uh, based on the area which the test taker is from. So the test taker will write his, his, um, his uh, zip code down, supposedly, and the census will analyze crime statistics, single-family, uh, poverty levels for that specific area. That score, which will be a 50-point, uh, I believe it's a 100-point score, 50 being average, will be attached to the SATs. The idea will allow colleges to weigh the supposed adversary, adversity a person goes through when making a decision on whether to admit a student into the college. Now, this is not the first time colleges have been doing this. It's the first time we've heard about it. The pilot program was released last year. 50 schools, including Yale University. No wonder that Gallup uh, two videos past was throwing an absolute hissy fit. She probably had a real high adversity score. Have used this score last year. It's unclear how many people were actually admitted into the universities because of that score. So we're not really sure what, what's, what's happened and no one will say anything. There are problems with this besides the most obvious, which is admission is not based on individual merit, but where you lived. And um, it also looks at an, the area based on census data and rates, rates a the group of that area. It doesn't look at individual adversity. Now, I could be from the 90210 area code in Beverly Hills, but lost both my parents in a plane crash. You'd think I'd have some adversity over somebody in, let's say, the Watts area code who was raised by two parents in a, a middle-income house and things like that. You'd think that, okay, well, I, I think I've experienced more adversity than that individual, but doesn't look at it that way. It doesn't look at individual struggles. It only looks at groups or areas of struggle. St uh, students do not know what their score will be. They're not told what their score would be. It's not like the SAT where you find out you got a 1,400. They don't tell you. And there is no real basis for where the score came from. For example, you can't go on the internet and say, how do you determine adversity score? There are no standards listed. So there's no way to argue those standards. And students cannot argue or protest or appeal the adversity score, it's not allowed. Even if they think, well, I got a 1500 on my SATs you, and I didn't get into Yale, why? And I've got a 5.0 GPA in high school, why am I not going to Yale? You can't sit there and say, how much weight did the adversity score give? You can't do it. It's just a really terrible policy. And once again, the, the students that are going to get absolutely creamed are going to be white and Asian students, especially Asian students. In this case, Asians typically live in the better areas. Asians typically have two-parent homes. 
Asians typically have um, are have high discipline and high work ethic. Asians make more money, so they come from the good areas. We already know Asians are getting shut out of school as it is. Now they don't need something else against them. This is terrible. This is like a crime. It's a crime because what you do, how hard you work, your grades, your qualifications, it basically kind of ignores that stuff. So we can see colleges are not only trying to fix, not only not trying to fix the problems that they have, they refuse to even acknowledge there are any problems and they actually want more people so they can appear diverse. Listen, I have a college degree. I hardly use it. It is an English literature degree. I I, I, I take it back. I hardly use it in my career. It's an English literature degree, and I work as a computer engineer. I use it all the time. I've written three books. None are published yet, but hold your hats. They're coming. And maintain two blogs. I also read a ton. I love it. So I do use it. And companies that I've worked for respect the degree and are glad that I have it, even if it has nothing to do with my career. But here's the thing. I'm also really proud of my degree. I worked full time and was the breadwinner. I had three kids. I went to school full time. It was challenging and the teachers did not baby. School was challenging and the teachers didn't baby me. They didn't baby any of the students. I would do homework at night. When I got home, I would spend weekends doing homework and studying. Though I do not use the degree for my career, it did prepare me for my career. It toughened me, taught me to take criticism, taught me to taught me work ethic and time management. Those years in college were the toughest of my life, and I appreciate them. I'll never forget them. Our children don't have don't have that anymore. They're babied and pampered. And this is all for the need to build their self-esteem. Well, here, here's, here's the thing. You know, uh, self-esteem, I'll get to that in a second. Kids in colleges are taught about being triggered, about being stressed. Colleges teach about violent spe- speech and build safe spaces. They discourage debate that goes against their their narratives. They encourage suppression of speech from those who go against those narratives. What do we get about? What do we get from this? What does society get from this? A bunch of kids who that get out of college can't handle and can't handle real life. A group of kids that can't handle rejection or criticism. A group of kids who do not have the skills to be productive because, surprisingly, a gender study degree doesn't not have a good career does not have good career opportunities. And what happens in the end? They can't survive in the real world. That means they have to start depending on the government to support them. You know something? Dr. Spock, I'm sure, is turning in his grave right now. Dr. Spock... I don't know if you guys, and I don't mean Leonard Nimoy. I mean, Dr. Spock was a pediatric, uh, uh, he was a kid doctor, a pediatric doctor. And one of the things he said was that, hey, self-esteem is very important in a child and it will make that child stronger and it will make that child better able to handle the environment and more confident and, and of the like. 
Dr. Spock did not mean you do not discipline kids or you let them get away with murder. That's not what he meant. As a matter of fact, in the 70s, his book, I believe, was released in the late 1950s. In the 70s, he rewrote the book and really made that point very clear that self-esteem, building a child's self-esteem, did not mean you didn't discipline the child. He'd be rolling in his grave right now if he saw how our children are today. He would probably be writing another book telling everyone to ignore his first couple of books. Hey, you know what? You know what also builds self-esteem? Accomplishment through hard work. I don't need to be told I'm a person worth of worth or have my emotional tank filled. I... I boost my self-esteem when I complete a project at work, finish reading a book, write a blog post, publish a podcast. I feel good about my life, and I don't need the drug of compliments and reassurance, which gives self-esteem, by the way, a temporary boost. That's why these people are so miserable not long after they get their emotional tanks filled. I think the world of college education is on thin ice. I even tell Josie uh, that her kids ought to skip college and go to a trade school, learn a usable skill, something that will make them stand out in the world, something that nobody can take away from them, something that will always make them money. Because these children coming out of these universities, and that includes Harvard and Yale and Oxford, they are truly worthless. Well, that's it for tonight. Sorry, I may have gone off a little bit. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool. My podcast is now available on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Uh, I just uh, published it on YouTube, so you may have to actually go in and uh, search for either RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L, or search for dumbasses talking politics i did change the title but i don't think it's been updated and be sure to visit my website so you can watch the full videos um at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com there i have the resources from where i got the information also i want to thank uh fleckus for actually uh uh for well, I didn't. He didn't let me. I took him. But uh, thank Fleckas. It was a fantastic, um, fantastic uh, video, and the Daily Wire. So you folks have a nice night. Take care.